want to welcome you here. My name is uh, Ryan Mauser. I'm the student pastor here at Faith Church. I want to welcome those of you that's tuning in online. If you're here for the first time, man, I'm not the lead pastor, but we're going to have a great time today. How many of you believe when you come to church, it should be a good time? Come on, you believe that? Because I'm just saying, the youth pastor's up here, so we're going to relax a little bit, have a good morning, have a good time, and, uh, and laugh a little bit. I just want to say before I uh, even begin, man, uh, I'm so honored and grateful for the opportunity to be here this morning. Uh, I do not take this lightly, an opportunity to stand in, uh, in the same place that our lead pastor uh, stands every Sunday. It is a huge honor of mine, not only to share the word this morning, but to even be a part of what God's doing at Faith Church. And, uh, and so, man, I think God's doing a good thing. It kind of seems like a theme this morning. So if you're thankful for our pastor and you're thankful for what God's doing in our church, can we just honor the Lord one more time this morning? All right. So, uh, man, I, I just, that song that we just sang, you know, you are good. Um, I just, in the first service, I just really felt led by the Lord and uh, I just think it's an appropriate time, man, that there's some people here, that's what you need to take today, that he's good. Uh, there's a lot of battles, there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of uh, issues in the room. I don't know what life looks like in your home. I don't know what your personal relationship and your walk with God looks like, but I just want you to know he is good. His forgiveness is good. His grace is good. His mercy is good. Listen, you don't like this, but his conviction is good. It's in my life, when God convicts me, man, it leads me to a good place. And so, man, I just, I really love that song. It's one that I've been singing kind of in my quiet place. And, uh, man, I found a verse I just want to share with you. First Timothy chapter 4. It says, for everything God created is good. How many of you believe that? Come on, everything he created. So he created everything you see, plus he created us. And, and man, it, the Bible says it's good. But listen to this. It says, and nothing is to be rejected when it is received in thanksgiving. So like, listen, when we sing to God and we're just like, God, you're good in your grace, you're good in your mercy, God, you're faithful. It's like the Bible tells us that he'll never reject that if we have a heart of thankfulness. And so I want us to thank God for just a minute. So can we pray together? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we are thankful. Come on, church, help me. God, we're thankful, Lord, for what you do and what you're doing in our lives. And God, we just come this morning with a thankful and a grateful heart. Lord, not only for what you're doing, but what you are going to do, God, in and through us. Lord, I just pray, God, as we open up your word, that, God, you'd open our hearts and our minds to receive, Lord, everything that you want us to have. So, God, we thank you that everything you created is good. And, Lord, every time the enemy tries to curse it or pervert it or twist it. Lord, I pray we'd be reminded what your word says, that it's good and it's received in thanksgiving. And so we love you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in a series entitled God at the Box Office. And uh, obviously when you hear that, you're thinking, I don't really quite understand everything there is to know. But you know, how many of you have ever been to a movie and uh, you hear a quote or you see a theme in a movie and you're just like, God's all in that. Y'all know, you know, like, uh, it's not one of my quotes, but one of the things, every time I watch the movie Armageddon, I'll just confess, when he, you know, sacrifices himself on the rock, the rock splits, and all the mankind is saved, like, I just start crying, because I'm like, that's Jesus in that, you know, and so, uh, but here's the thing, when I think about God at the box office, every time, somebody help me, every time I go to the movies, I'm thanking God for something, when I get there, and they got that large Coke, and that large popcorn, y'all know what I'm talking, any movie fans? And, uh, and so now, listen, at our movie theater, they got a butter machine. It's like an unlimited amount of goodness from heaven. It's like heaven opened and butter come down and you can just put as much on your popcorn as you want. 
And so every time I go to the movies, man, I'm thinking God. I'm thinking about God. I get in that air-conditioned seat, you know. I try to decide, do I want to take a nap or do I want to watch the movie? But, uh, and so we're going to have a good time this morning. So Pastor's been starting kind of this series, and, uh, you know, he started with a couple of different quotes. So I thought I'd start with some quotes where I found some Jesus in some movies. Is that okay? So y'all good with that? All right. So any Lion King fans in the house? Anybody, the Lion King changed your life? Come on. All right. So listen, there's a part in the movie where Simba has done, you know, kind of went off and done his thing and Akuna Matata doing his life, you know. And uh, Rafiki, the monkey, comes around and slaps him on top. Y'all know that part, right? Where he's like, oh. So here it is. He says, yes, the monkey says this, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. I'm like, dude, that jump will preach right there. Put that in my, put that in my notes right in the middle of the movie, you know. So like a lot of us, man, this morning, we got a pass and we can either run from it and not deal with it or we can learn from it and let it honor God and help, that other, help other people. You know, that's what I'm seeing in this. I got, a, I got another one here. I love this one. Any uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Anybody? Okay, yeah. All right, so the famous Captain Jack Sparrow says, uh, the problem is not the problem, obviously. The problem is your attitude about the problem. I'm like, oh, I know some teenagers that need that right there. <laughs> Hey, more than that, though, my wife's sitting beside me, and I'm like, boom, you know, you need to pay attention right here. This is the best part of the movie. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Men, don't, don't advise you to do that, all right? And I, I don't know how we got to this point of this entire series where pastor's bringing in all this motivational stuff, but I would like to right now, if, with your permission, I believe Rudy is the most inspirational movie on the planet. Anybody a Rudy fan out there? Thank you. You all, we can all go home now, but check this out. There's a quote where Rudy says, hey, I quit football, I'm giving up, and, uh, and so you got to know the movie, but there's a quote right here, I think it's just, it's kind of a, a turning point for Rudy, it's a pivotal moment for him, and I think if we allow the Holy Spirit to say what he wants to say, sometimes in movies, it can be pivotal points for us, but he says this, he says, in this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody, anybody thankful for that? Come on, y'all going to have to help me this morning, y'all, 1130, you got some extra sleep, so let's go, all right? You ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. And he says, and after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't never going to happen. And you're like, what's kind of the motivation there? He's like, listen, you don't live for the approval of man, of man. You have to just live for yourself. And when you get to a place where you're comfortable with yourself after all you've done, all you've been through, if you can do that, then you're going to be successful. And, and Rudy's like, that's a great idea. He goes back in there, you know, and the movie finishes. They carry him off the field. Everybody should get carried off the field at some point in time in their life, shouldn't they? I think so. All right. So I say we're going to have a good time this morning. Y'all have to help me out. All right. So this morning, our movie is Independence Day Resurgence. And uh, it, how many of you have ever seen that movie? Did you go watch it? I didn't think there would be a lot of us. But hey, listen, if you, how many of you have ever seen the first Independence Day? Okay, so here's the good part. Like, the movies are exactly the same. So if you saw the first one, you saw the second one. Except the second one, the last 45 minutes will rock your face off because the technology has advanced tremendously since 1993. But uh, really, the whole plot of the movie is there's these, there are these unwanted visitors, aliens, if you will, that come into the world. And they're basically, they're not trying to borrow anything. They don't want to just kind of hang out with us. They want to annihilate mankind. They want to take over. So they want to push mankind out. And uh, really, the whole movie is about how the world defends itself. So all the armies, the president, everything is kind of an inside scoop, but it's all about how the world defends itself. Now, I don't know about you, but what they're really trying to do is they're trying to take the freedom from the people. So the aliens are trying to come in. You're not welcome here. And so you're trying to 
take ground that doesn't belong to you. And so the whole movie is about the people fighting for freedom. Now, how many of you in this room, you like your freedom you have? So I, I just, I'm going to be honest because I got to be honest. Uh, when I think of freedom, I think of Independence Day and I think of Fourth of July. It makes me want to do one thing. America. You know what I mean? How, so everybody, I'll just release everybody, the side of your mouth, everybody go, America. See? That's good right there. That changed your life. So, so I'm, I'm, feeling some, uh, I'm feeling some freedom up here because the last few times, man, that I've preached, Pastor Steve's been on the front row. I don't know how Pastor Adam and Pastor Ronnie do it when, he, when they preach. He's not here. When I preach, he's always here. But uh, So I'm feeling some freedom. But however, my grandmother came into the house this morning, and uh, she's right here. And so I'm going to have to behave a little bit. But yeah, you can give it up for her. She drove two hours. So I'm thankful for that. But yes, yeah, so you know, this thing called freedom, I think we all understand a little bit about it. Uh, I can maybe illustrate it a couple of different ways this morning. Maybe, how many of you have ever had any kids? Anybody? All right. So most of you in here, you've got kids. You've had little ones run around at some point. So I remember when uh, my son Dalton, he's getting big on me now. His punches are starting to get a little harder too. So I got I to gotta, I gotta get stronger. But I remember when we would uh, use the restroom in his diaper, right? And, uh, and like, of course, it's my, my fault because I didn't change his diaper, but his diaper would get a little saggy, you know, like they might use the restroom a couple times. And, you know, babies start kind of getting this walk kind of thing, you know, their diapers are sagging down. And uh, I remember, man, when he was old enough to walk and kind of run around the moment, or I'm telling you, the moment that his diaper came off, that joker was running around the house butt naked, making all kinds of, you know, making all kinds of videos and everything. It's like something about a kid when they get liberated from a wet diaper, it just, it all breaks loose for them, you know? And uh, how many of your kids ever did that? You know, like they just took off, oh, I'm free, you know? And so you're like, oh, help us, Jesus, especially if it's at Walmart. But uh, <laughs> so I, I think about freedom that way. Uh, I also, man, I think about freedom. I, I think about uh, any students in the house, college students, high school students. You can be an adult and be, be a student, but I think about uh, finals and the last day of school. I remember, man, I would procrastinate uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't stu- I'd study the night before, all morning before and not sleep at all thinking that would help me on the test. It doesn't help. And uh, I remember turning in the test and walking down the hall and there was just this moment where I just wanted to be like, freedom, you know, because it's something about when you don't have, uh, you don't have an obligation on you or you don't have a, a duty that you have to do. It's just this moment of like liberation. You're like, yes, I'm done. Y'all students, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Or, or maybe how many of you, uh, you parents that maybe uh, your parents or your kids' grandparents, they get their kids, they get your kids once, uh, once a week during the summer. Any any grandparents in the house, you get, you get your grandkids or any parents drop your kids off. Like I remember uh, my parents would always take me to my grandparents one time for a week. I stayed with my grandparents and my aunt, got to hang out with them a little bit. And, and it was just always this moment for my parents where they're like, yes, freedom. He's not in my house. I don't have to listen to his questions. I don't have to pay for everything. You know, grandparents do it all, right? So, uh, so man, there's, there's freedom in a lot of ways, but I probably the best way to explain it is how many of you have ever served at a youth lock-in? Come on, that's, come on. You served all night with the youth. Man, they've made messes and destroyed everything, and you've had to stay up. You've drank way too much coffee, but when the parents pick them up and that last kid's picked up, there's this moment. You're like, freedom, you know? And so, man, we talk about freedom this morning. How many of you know this? When you talk about freedom, it's a great thing. It's a good thing. You start celebrating it. But how many of you know that there's always somebody that don't want you to have your freedom. There's always something 
that like you could post a good, anybody like Facebook, you could post something really good and really uh, inspirational for somebody. They read it. It's a good thing, but there's always a hater. Y'all, like, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's always somebody that wants to rein in on your freedom parade. And so listen, how, do, how does this movie compare to us and how is this going to help me biblically? I want you to know, man, that we live in a world that's hostile to believers. They're, t- they're, they're taking prayer out of school. If you're not, listen, you can't be biblically correct. You have to be politically correct. And it's just, it's just spreading and it's becoming an epidemic for us. And, and I just want you to know, man, that, that like we have a freedom in Christ. We've been given a freedom. But I also want you to know that there, there is an opposition. There is someone who wants to annihilate our freedom, who wants to rob from us, steal from us, and take from us what doesn't belong to him. And so, man, when we think about this, we think about kind of the plot in this movie. It's, it's really similar to our relationship with God. And so I, as we kind of look at some of this, I want to define what this, uh, what this word persecution is because that's really all it is, is when, uh, some, when you have your freedom and then someone tries to take it, it's persecution. That's what really kind of the aliens were doing in this movie is they were persecuting. I wanted to find it. It's going to help us as we move forward. So persecution is uh, called hostility and ill treatment, especially due to race, political, or religious beliefs. Anybody ever had anybody be hostile to them because of their beliefs in Jesus, right? Listen to this. A couple of synonyms. Oppression, abuse, intimidation. I know some people that are intimidating, right? Uh, Someone who's annoying and, and harassing. And because of your, your race, your political beliefs, or your religious beliefs. And so as we talk about this, I want to just kind of focus on something. Pastor Steve, just a review from, from last week when he talked about finding Dory. He said, listen, we can settle in the life that we've been given or we can go after what God's given us. And I just want to remind you, man, what God's got for you is good. It's good, right? And, uh, and it's abundant. And so John chapter 10 gives us a verse right here. I want us to look at this. This is pastor's verse last week. It also, if you were here in January, uh, when we did our Unbelievable series, this was kind of our verse. And the cool thing about all of our series is you can go back online at igotofaith.com and watch them and get kind of caught up with what we're doing. But here's the verse. It says, my purpose, this is Jesus. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Some translations say, listen, I'm here. My purpose is to give them a life full, a life abundant, a life that's more. And so, man, when we think about this, this is good, right? This is a good thing. Man, there's freedom in this. He wants to give us a good life. He wants to give us a, a, a plan that will give us a hope and a future. But I, I want you to know this. When there's always something good, there's always somebody that wants to rein in on the parade, right? Somebody, listen, I want you to see the second part of this verse. But it says, the thief... The enemy, the persecutor, the one who wants to harass, the one who wants to intimidate. Y'all know, come on church, the the persecutor's purpose is to still kill and destroy. So he wants to annihilate, man, whatever God's doing in your life. He wants to take it away from you because it doesn't belong to him. He wants to rob us from the freedom we have, from the power that we have in what God's doing in our life. And so I just, this is, you can put this in your notes, it's not our fill in the blank, but I just, as I was preparing this, the Lord just kind of put this in my heart because pastor's message last week was about not settling. I just want you to know this. It's not popular, but if you refuse to settle and you want God's best for your life, there's going to be a battle. Everybody, you just need to know that. If you refuse to not do like everybody else and you want the abundant life and you want the thing that God's doing and you want the joy and the freedom, I'm just telling you, there's going to be somebody come in and try to rob from you. 
And so really, man, when we hear this word persecution, our mind goes to uh, like, oh man, ISIS coming into America and, you know, taking over and, and there's threats on our families and, and we, you know, our mind goes to this and, and while that's all good and well, you know, uh, that is a form of persecution. But really, I think maybe some more of persecution we need to talk about is some of your unsafe friends and your unsafe coworkers. Man, you, you, you can get, you can, listen, Monday can roll around and you'll want to replay the message or you might be listening to some worship music at your desk and they're going to walk by and be like, you can turn that junk off. You need, to, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to live this way. And man, for some reason, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I get so intimidated by the lost people, by the people that don't know the God that I know. They're not walking in the freedom that I'm able to walk in. And for some reason, I'll turn it down. For some reason, I'll let them just kind of push me away, scare me off or whatever. You know, like your boss, maybe, maybe uh, you got your serve shirt on and you're ready to serve on serve week coming up. And you're like, man, I'm so excited to be involved in a church where people are serving. And all they got to do is be like, why do you give up your Saturday and Sunday? And why are you going to give your Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday to go serve and help? And then there's something in this that you're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't do it. And, and listen, it's, it's that way for all of us because when there's freedom given, there's always someone that wants to rein in on the freedom parade. There's always a persecutor, someone who wants to push it out of us. And so what do we do when we know that, when we're, there's persecution that comes into our life? If we refuse to settle, hopefully that's all of us. There's gonna be a battle. So what do we do when that battle comes? And this is what we're gonna talk about this morning. This is your fill in the blank. When persecution is at your door, the only thing you can do is war on the floor. Come on. You're like, I don't know what that means. That's what I'm here for. I'm going to tell you what it means today, right? When persecution, when, when abuse, ill treatment, intimidation, someone oppressing you, someone taking from you what doesn't belong to them, someone you, you know, trying to, to rob you from God's best in your life, when that's at your door, because it will be, the only thing you can do is go to God in prayer. Go to God in your worship. Get, get in a quiet place. Get on the floor and do war. That's what it is. And so, yeah, I did rhyme that, and it really, that's preaching 101 to kind of try to rhyme it. But uh, one of the things, man, that we don't do enough of is we don't, we don't really go to God in our most difficult circumstances. I, I'm just convinced, man, I, I know this in my own life. I'm convinced that if all of us would get to a place where when difficulty comes up, when sickness comes in, when, uh, when you know, people are humiliating you or mocking you or you're fearful of what's next, I'm just, I'm just at a point in my life where I just know the best place to go is to God. Amen? The best place to go is to God. And so we're going to look today at 1 Peter chapter 3. And I want to tell you a little bit about this man named Peter. Uh, Peter was a disciple of Jesus, a follower of him. Uh, he's the guy that when, uh, when the Holy Spirit, you know, came down the day of Pentecost, he preached two messages and 5,000 people joined God's church. You know that guy? Come on. Like, he's that guy. Uh, but he's also the guy that I probably uh, run parallel with. He would always open his mouth and insert foot, you know. Like, before he should, he spoke. And, uh, you know, he, he's the guy that cut a, uh, you know, he cut a soldier's ear off when Jesus was arrested. And Jesus picked the ear up. Like, that had to be the most humiliating moment of his life. But... You know, Peter, man, he, he was arrested for preaching the gospel. I want you to hear this this morning. This man, before he wrote this, he was imprisoned. He was beaten. He, listen, he was just like a lot of the other disciples. And eventually he lost his life for the sake of, of God, for the, for the gospel. And so when we read this, we're not reading about somebody that has no idea what we're going through. 
We're reading about somebody that's walked the road. He's, he's already been down the path. Every situation that you and I could bring to his doorstep, he could say, yep, I've been there. I know, I get it. Yep, I understand. Yep, I totally get it, but still, right? And so, man, we're not to, we're not to hold our lives up to what the world says. We're to hold our lives up to what God's word says. Amen? And so Peter says this right here in uh, verse 13. He says, now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? Right? So who, who wants to harm you if you're eager to do good? Next verse right here. He says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you. So like, man, a lot of us, we, we have been intimidated. We have had persecution come in. A lot of us feel like, man, I'm doing the right thing, but everybody's against me. Some people in here this morning, you feel that. You, you really feel that on your shoulders. I'm trying to do the right thing, but everybody's against me. The whole world's against me. I just want you to know this. Peter says the reward is not anything you can get here. It's from God. So the reward is from the Lord. If you suffer for doing the right thing, God will reward you. You don't have to have man's reward, right? You don't have to have a monetary blessing or a materialistic blessing. Just honor the Lord. I love this because he says this, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life, right? Worship Christ as Lord. So like I get this picture of Peter saying, listen, there's, there's going to be people come against you. There's going to be people talk bad about you. There's going to be people put hate stuff on you, you know, on you on Facebook, social media, subtweet you, all that. Like there's going to be all kinds of stuff that's going to feel like it's weighing you down. And Peter says, listen, your reward is not from them. Your reward is not from anybody. You don't get a trophy. You don't get a medal. Your reward comes from Christ. And if you will worship God, you'll get through it. So that's where I get that. It, when persecution is at your door, all you got to do is war on the floor. I want to tell you, maybe it'll help you understand a little bit uh, with kind of this idea of persecution. So I've been doing youth ministry for about 13 years now and uh, don't claim to be great at it, but I, I have a heart for students. I love to see kids come to know Jesus. But there was a time in my former church where I kind of really walked and lived in this and uh, I really had persecution. How many of you have ever had somebody talk about you because you did the right thing they talked about you, they defriended you, and they went and got a bunch of other people to talk about you and defriend you. Anybody ever been there? Okay, so, so like there was a season in my life where, and it's just a real simple conversation, where we had some parents that were buying some kids alcohol. The kids were underage, obviously, it was high school, and uh, I just made a comment. I just said, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it honors the Lord. If you're going to be involved in our church and they're going to be involved in our student ministry, it don't need to happen. So I, I was standing for what's right, but at the same time, man, these people, like, they were, like, popular in town, you know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden, man, this, this, it just turned on me. So I stood for what's right, and then all these people just started talking about me, and they started hating on me, hating on our youth group, right? Y'all know I said this, haters are going to hate, right? And so, like, because our worship was a little different in our youth group, and we had LEDs and black lights, we were all, be, all of a sudden a cult, and uh, we were, you know, some something that wasn't honoring God. And so, like, literally, I'm not even joking, this went on for two and a half years. And there were days, man, I would come home from work, I'm just being transparent, I was like, I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing. Like, they don't like me. They ignore me at the ball field. They, they talk about me. They went on Facebook. They developed a Ryan Mauser hate page. You know what I mean? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. You, if, you don't, if you've never been there, you, you know people that have been against you when you stood for what's right. And, man, it just got to this point where I was like, I have no idea what to do. I can't, there's nothing I can do except one thing. God, I'm just going to bring it to you. Come on. 
God, I'm, look, I, I don't know what's going on, but Lord, I'm just going to worship you through this because I know what your heart is. Your heart is for that family. Your heart is for those girls. Your heart is for this youth ministry. Your heart is that for me to be fulfilled in what you've called me to be and what you've called me to do. And man, I'm just telling you, I just got to this place where I just started developing this, this praise and this, this worship in my life. And then, you know what? I, I want to tell you this morning, before we left that church, there was a month that happened where God was doing this great work in our youth ministry. These three girls that talked about me and, you know, developed a hate page and all that on me, they came into our youth ministry one night, and before I could even give the invitation, all three girls gave their life to Jesus. I'm talking about they were broken, and it was, look, I, 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 didn't, I didn't say, hey, the altars are open. It was like I was preaching, and these girls stood up like, I'm ready to get saved right now. And I'm not saying to, hey, listen, do what I do because I've made a terrible mistake way too many times in my life. But I'm saying I think if we can get to a place where Peter says, hey, listen, when you are suffer for doing the right thing, listen, when you do that, your reward's coming. But what you got to do right now is just worship God. Just do war on the floor. Get, take your prayer life to another level. Take your worship to another level. Take your devotion to God, reading the Bible to another level. And I'm just telling you, when you get through it, people are going to look and they're going to say, man, that was God all the way, right? So come y'all with me, church? And so listen, as we talk about this, I, can somebody just help me? Somebody say, he's good. Come on, so let's look at this verse a little further right here. He says this, Peter says this. He says, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer... Always be ready to explain it. Some of you, that's what you need to take out of here. If you're at church and you're going to post about it and you're going to put it on Instagram, you're going to put the sticker on your car, someone's going to ask you about your hope in Jesus. Peter's saying, you better be ready to explain it. It's going to happen. So let's be ready. Next verse right here. But do this in a gentle and respectful way and keep your conscience clear. Just do the right thing. I think that's what Peter's saying. Do it, do it gently and do it respectfully. How many of you like people that are gentle and respectful to you? Come on, that's what, you, like, I, I want to be around those people, man, when they're just like, hey, how can I help you? What can I do to serve you? Like, your needs is more important than what I want and how you feel is more important than how I feel. Like, there's this moment where it's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's what Peter's saying. He's saying, listen, when you do it, do it gently and respectfully. Don't do it out of spite. Y'all know people like that, right? It's like, yeah, you intimidate me. Listen, you, you're going to die, burn, and go to hell. And you go over here, you're like, yeah, I preach the gospel to them. You know, like Peter's not saying, listen, don't stand for truth like that. He's saying, listen, I, I wish you understood it like this, but because you don't, I'm going to continue to pray for you. I'm going to continue to love you. I'm going to continue to have war on the floor. And when you get it, we're both going to get it, right? And so, man, it's just a great verse here. And then it says, then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good, somebody help me, a good life that you live because you belong to Christ. I just want to stop here because I think there's somebody in this room, you need to know this. You've never given your life to Jesus. You're here for the first time. I just want you to know the life God has for you is good. And there's some, listen, there's some of you that you've chosen not to live for God or serve God because you've seen someone model it the wrong way and they didn't do it gently and respectfully. I just want you to know it's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is that if we'll just honor God, we'll do the right thing, God will reward us. And so if somebody has caused you to have a, uh, maybe a distorted view of who God is, I just want you to know God has a good thing for you. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, you can do that at the end of the service. And next week, we're going to celebrate. We're going to lift the roof off this place and watch you be water baptized. That's what it's all about. That's what we're here for. And so it's a good life. It's, y'all tell your neighbor it's good. Say, he's good. And so, I mean, I think about this. And uh, I think about kind of moments in my life where I just have just kind of been confused 
And, and so maybe you're out there and you're saying, so, so wait a minute, wait a minute, Ryan. You're saying that when people ridicule me, they make fun of me, they go postal or go Facebook, go public with how bad of a person I am. You're saying the only thing that I have to do is nothing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The only thing you have to do is worship God. Keep you, that, isn't that what Paul said? He said, I keep my eyes fixed on the prize. Isn't that what he said? Just, just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And so I, I thought about this and I thought about, you know, different times in my life uh, where, I, where I missed it. And, and I maybe just kind of put this in, my, in your heart that's been in my heart. We just need to focus less on us and focus more on them. If, if we could get to a place in our walk with God, even the people that are our enemies and they're persecuting us and they're trying to rob from us our freedom. You know, y'all know people like that, right? You come out of service today, you're like, man, I was so encouraged. He's good, he's good. Whoa, you know, you're singing the song and there's people that are just gonna rain in your parade. I just want you to know, man, if you'll focus more on them, like praying for them, helping them where they're at rather than how you feel, you're gonna help them out. You're gonna help them out with God's help. And so I, I want you to know this too. Uh, God's working on your behalf. You don't have to fight because God's there and he's fighting with you and he's fighting for you. Come on. And that, there's kind of a moment in my walk with God where everything shifted for me when I realized that, hey, like, so I remember I had to learn to pray. I had to learn to study God's word. Uh, I got involved in church. I started doing some praise and worship and I, I started trying to become everything God wanted me to be. But there was this like moment, you know what I mean? There was this moment where it shifted and I was like, God is fighting for me all the time. Even when I'm not fighting for myself, he's on my side. And here, here's what I want you to know this morning as we, we kind of just get ready to kind of land things is even in a world that's hostile to believers, even in the world you live in where, where people don't want you to serve God and live for God and be all that God wants you to be, I, I just want you to know this. God's fighting for you. But in the midst of God fighting for you, I want you to know this too. This, this, sh- this shifts everything. This makes all the difference right here. The devil... He knows God's fighting for you. The persecutor, he knows God's on your side. But he does, listen, not just him, the the devil and all his demons. The Bible says they have to flee at the name of Jesus. They just got to go. And listen, he knows that if God is for you, he can't be against you. But the thing is, church, we forget that, don't we? Like we get to a place where we're like, well, poor me, they're making fun of me. And we just go through this motion of like, it's all about me and it's all about how I feel. And, and God's up in heaven and he's like, I am on your side. All you have to do is, is worship me. All you have to do is, is keep me at the center of everything. I want to show you this because I think it's so powerful. And Pastor Steve uh, came off this verse last week. So it's just kind of awesome how God's putting everything together, right? It's pretty cool. So right here in Exodus where, uh, man, Moses is leading the people across the Red Sea, right? And he's leading them out of slavery, out of persecution, out of, you know, people intimidating and humiliating. Like he's leading them out. And there comes this moment where they're like fearful because Pharaoh and his army's behind them and they're threatening to kill them. They're threatening to take them away. And they're just caught up with all the world is saying. You hear what I'm saying, right? And there's this moment right here in this scripture. It says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Come on, I, I, need, I need somebody to help me. It says, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Don't, don't worry about it because God, God's for you. There's a translation that says it like this. Just stand still and watch because God's fighting this battle for you. 
Like, I just believe there's somebody in this room, you need to know that. What you're going through, God's fighting for you. He's on your side. All you, ha- you don't have to fight back. You know, the tendency in us is to fight back, to comment back, to send that text message back, to write something back on their wall. That's what, in our nature, that's what we want to do. But man, the word right here is saying, God's, he's going to fight this battle for you. You just got to stand still and watch it happen. Do war on the floor. I read another scripture, Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17. It says, the Lord, your God is with you. That's comforting. That's comforting. Listen, the mighty warrior who saves. The Bible calls him a mighty warrior. I'm just saying, I want that guy in my corner. Anybody else with me? When I go through the storms of life, the difficulties and the struggles, I want the mighty warrior behind me, pushing me, leading me through it. And I'm gonna tell you this, I wanna consult him as much as I can. So when things are falling around, falling down around me, this is what I wanna do. So maybe you're here and you're like, but I, I just... I like, I like to respond the way I want to respond. I, I don't want to do it that way. It's, it seems too hard. It's too difficult. I, everybody else don't do it that way. Why do I need to do it this way? You ready for this? Because it's a proven battle tactic. It's proven in Scripture. Come on. It's proven that when people got before God, He gave them the answers they needed. I want you to see this in Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Listen, what's happening here is across the whole kingdom it's been said listen if you don't bow down and worship a gold statue you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace y'all remember last time I had the opportunity to preach I preached about this right but here's what's happening David or not David but Daniel it says but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed so it was done persecution was coming intimidation was coming somebody coming against him carrying the weight of the world that junk was coming at him you know what the Bible says he did he didn't grab his friends and start complaining he didn't grab his small group and go guys poor me look at my situation he didn't go to his pastor and be like pastor I don't know how I got here this is what the Bible said Daniel did he said look right here he went home and he knelt down as usual that's something he's used to doing right he went home he knelt down in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day. Listen to this right here. Just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Like, I, I just, I need you to see this, man. I, listen, Daniel didn't look at his situation and circumstance. He just, he just said, God, I don't know any, anything else to do. Like, when you go watch the movie, if you ever watch it, these spaceships, they, they just cover the whole world. Darkness covers the whole land. And all these people just start looking around like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And the answer is nothing. You can't do anything. Unless you're part of the military and you're making big decisions, that's not on you. The only thing you can do basically is cherish the moments you have, right? And so for us spiritually, man, darkness is covering our land and difficulty is big and it's wide and it's scary and it's, look, it's fearful. I just want you to know, man, you've got to hear this this morning. The only thing we can do is worship God. Just do war on the floor. There's an interesting fact about the movie. As we get ready to close here, man, there's a, a part in the movie where, in the first movie, they cannot get to the spaceship. There's all these, these rockets and junk. They're not going through because there's a force field around the ship. And so there's a moment where the lead scientist, like he's supposed to be the guy to help them get through it, right? And so sometimes we put our, our faith in people. But like in this moment, He's drunk and he's on the floor and his dad, who's old and not supposed to be there, right? Like he just looks at him and he says, you need to get up off the floor. You're going to catch a cold. You're like, oh, what that has to do with Jesus or God and whatever. But 
there's this moment where he's like, you're on the floor, you need to get up, you're going to catch a cold. Well, what happens is they go and they plant a virus inside the mothership, right, which kills all the other people or all the other aliens, and, and that's how they, the Americans, you know, win in that moment. And I just was studying this and reading this, and the Lord just dropped this in my mailbox, and I don't know if it dropped it in yours just then or not, but the Holy Spirit just said, you know what, the answers to your situations, they can be found on the floor. Listen, I, I don't know who it is, but there's a, there's a marriage in the room. I just want you to know, the answer cannot be found in a video, in a book, in a counselor, in a pastor. The answer needs to be found on the floor. I'm just telling you, if we'll get to a place as believers where we'll just go to God, man, we'll just get on the floor and we'll just do war for our families and our futures, I believe the answer's there. Young lady, there's, there's young women in this room. God told me this in my heart, that, that you're struggling. You've got insecurities because of past difficulties and past failures. I just want you to know the answer's not in a young man. The answer's not in the next relationship. The answer is on the floor. You can find the answers that you need to all the situations. Somebody help me this morning. Everything that you ever go through, the answer is found on the floor. And there's this moment of freedom and liberation that happens when we just take it to God and we just begin to trust Him. That's the hardest part. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've been through situations. I've made some stupid decisions. I hope I can say stupid from up here. I say it all the time in the back. But I've made some bad decisions in my life and I'm so regretful of them. But something happens. Somebody help me. Something happens when I take it to Jesus and I just say, Lord, I want to go to another level praying to you. I want to go to another level singing to you. I want to go to another level in studying your word. I don't want to hear what everybody else is saying, what all the other churches are saying about me and what the devil's saying about me and the enemy's telling me about my past. I don't have time to hear that. God, I got, I'm going to come right here to this floor because it's a proven tactic for Daniel. It's been a proven tactic in my life. And guess what? Jesus did it too. There's a moment, man, where in Scripture they bring a, a difficult situation to Jesus. I certainly would not have wanted to be him in that moment. And they said, hey, the Bible said, listen, the law of Moses says that you need to stone this woman. She was caught in the act of adultery. Now, some of you are like, well, he's Jesus. He had all the answers. I just want you to know where Jesus went in that moment was he didn't say, hey, uh, listen, what do you think about that? Or, hey, what do, what do you think about that? The Bible says that he stooped down on one knee. And he just started drawing in the ground, right? Drawing in the sand. And I just have to think and believe in my heart that Jesus was praying. He's saying, God, I just need your help right here. I just need your help. And then, man, he just counteracted what was intended for bad. It happened for the good. And he set that woman free, just like he can set us free. The Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is getting ready. Come on. He's getting ready to go to the cross for you and for me to buy our freedom, to pay the penalty that we should have paid. He, listen, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's like, hey, guys, listen, the disciples, you, you guys, come on, man. We're going to pray. We're going to get before God, and we're going to do some war on the floor because I'm feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders, and I'm not sure I want to do it. I'm not sure they're worthy of it, but I just need to go. I just need to go to the Father. I need some answers. Is somebody with me this morning? And you just see Jesus. The Bible says that he knelt down before the Lord, and he just began to pray. And he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. But he, before he prayed that, he said, if this can pass from me, let it. Like, I'm feeling this. He's sweating, you know, drops of blood, and, and just everything's against him. And can't you, can't you just imagine the persecutor just telling him they're not worth it. They're not going to live for you. They're just going to give you half. They're never going to really be abundant and free. I'm always, look, can you not just hear that? And Jesus just goes to the God in prayer. And ultimately, man, for our sake, for our benefit, he went to the cross to set us all free.
I just want to say this morning, I believe with all my heart, there's a lot of us, myself included, we just need to walk in the freedom God's given us and, and quit allowing outside distractions and persecution to rob us from what God wants to do in our life. And so, man, all across this room, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and, you know, we heard, heard the first service. Somebody said, listen, that, that message was directed towards a situation in my life and I'm just, I'm not living for God. I'm not being all I can be for God because of some people in my life. I got some people in my home. They make fun of me because I'm serving God. I'm living for God and I'm going to the next level and, and they're not. And so they're just making fun of me saying, you just think you're so much better now that you're in church. You just think you're going to be set free of it now that you're in church. Listen, there's all kinds of situations and circumstances. I just believe God wants to bring freedom in the house this morning. I just believe he wants to set us free of these things. And so listen, if you're here this morning and that's you and you could just say that, I honestly feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. There's people that are keeping me from going to the next place I need to go with God. There's situations that I've caused or they've just kind of come up in my life and I just need God to show up in my situation and help me through it. I need to be reminded this morning that he's fighting for me, that this battle is his, that he's a mighty warrior and he's got my back. So if that's you, man, all across this room right now, would you just lift your hand? I just wanna pray for you. Come on, thank you, thank you. All over the room, come on, just lift them up high. You're not lifting your hands to me, just lift them to God. Maybe somebody this morning is saying, my marriage is not where it needs to be. And we together, we need to go to the next level praying. We just need to do war on the floor together. Come on, if that's you, I want to pray for you. That's it. That's it. All across this room. So God, you see your people. You see your sons and daughters that, Lord, just need freedom from situations, from circumstances. And so, God, we just come this morning and we trust you. Lord, forgive us for lashing out. Forgive us for saying the wrong thing. Forgive us, God, for so many times focusing on ourselves rather than focusing on what you really want us to do. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning, God, for each person that has their hand raised, that, God, you'd bring freedom into their life, that, God, that you would give them their independence and they begin to serve you, God, away from the lies, away from the persecutor, away from the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But, God, they would focus on what you have for them. And so, Lord, I pray that, God, the Holy Spirit would do only what he can do right now in this moment all across this room. Come on, just receive it right there where you are. Just receive what God wants to do in your life. So, God, we just thank you that you're faithful, that you're good, and that you're true. We trust you with our lives not just our current situations, but God, we trust you with our future situations too. We just love you and we give you the highest praise in Jesus' name.